Gone is a podcast about people who have gone missing from the United States and Canada. These people are daughters, sons, sisters, and aunties. They didn't just disappear. Someone, somewhere, knows something. I am Janelle Feller. And I'm Katie Nordby. These are the stories of Lori Jean Deppis and Lisa Stebick. On August 19, 1992, 20-year-old Lori Deppis completed her shift at Graffiti in the Fox River Mall in Grand Chute, Wisconsin. Her co-worker walked her to her car, which was a gray 1984 Volkswagen Rabbit. It was just a little after 10 p.m. Lori drove to her boyfriend, Mark Trubinek's apartment, on the 300 block of West Wilson Avenue in Menasha, Wisconsin. Mark, his sister Lisa, and Lori's friend Victoria were waiting at Mark's apartment. Between 10.15 and 10.30, they heard Lori pull into the parking lot. They heard her because her muffler was notoriously loud. When she didn't come into the apartment after a few minutes, they went onto the deck and looked onto the parking lot. They didn't see anybody in the lot. They saw Lori's car, and it had a styrofoam cup on it, sitting near the back on the driver's side. The trio went looking for her. Uh, when they didn't find her right away, they called law enforcement. Lori's car was only 40 feet from Mark's apartment. It was locked, and her purse and overnight bag were in the car. The cup, which came from the Fox River Mall, had Lori's prints and a thumbprint that appeared to be that of a man because of its size. There was no sign of a struggle. It was August, and in the evening, people would have had their windows open, but nobody heard anything. Deputies believe that she was taken by somebody that she knew because there was no sign of a struggle. They think that she, she would have willingly gone with someone that she knew. Lori's mother, Mary Wagner, said that she, had, she has braced herself for the possibility that Lori's abductor was someone that they knew. Lori has not been seen since this time. There has been no activity on her social security account or on her bank account. Foul play is suspected in her disappearance. Menasha, Wisconsin sits in the east central part of the state. It has a population of over 17,000, and it is part of a metroplex called the Fox Cities, which includes Oshkosh, Nina, and Appleton. Interstate 41, highways, and county roads circle in and around this area. In 1993, Larry Dwayne Hall became a suspect in Lori's disappearance after he was arrested for kidnapping a 14-year-old Illinois girl. At the time, authorities found a notebook in his car that had Lori's first name and the name of the mall where she worked. In November 2010, Larry Hall confessed to kidnapping and murdering Lori Deppis. He knew some information that had not been reported to the public, but investigators did not find her body or any physical evidence to substantiate his confession. He has not been charged with her kidnapping. Lori Jean Deppis was 20 years old when she went missing on August 19, 1992. She was 5'5 and weighed around 115 pounds at the time. She is Caucasian with brown hair and green eyes, although she may have been wearing brown contacts at the time that she disappeared. She has a tattoo of what looks like a squid on her right ankle, and her ears are triple pierced. She was last seen wearing a sleeveless. This is um, this description of her outfit is so 90s. I just, it makes me 
I know this person. Sure. I know this person, and um, it it's it makes her real to me. Sure. Um, Lori was last seen wearing a sleeveless black rib knit turtleneck with horizontal stripes, black uh, and white striped spandex shorts, black slip-on leather shoes, a silver watch on her left wrist, and multiple silver necklaces, bracelets, anklets, and earrings. If you know anything about the whereabouts of Lori Jean Deppis, contact the Menasha Police Department at 920-967-3500. So had somebody, I mean, they think that it was, it had to have been somebody that she knew. I don't, I don't agree. I don't, I mean, I, I think that certainly they know more information than, than the little bit of information that I got, but. Yeah. If it was somebody she knew, I don't know that she would have locked her purse and her overnight bag in the car. Right. She would have taken it with her. She would have taken it with her. Yeah. She would have had it with her. She would not have been protective of her stuff. Right. And this was this was 1992, so I don't know. I, at least I don't know that they necessarily had automatic locks or anything like that. But she intentionally locked her purse and her overnight bag in the car. Yeah. She didn't take it with her. Um, which she would have naturally, automatically grabbed that when she got out of the car. But, um... Yeah, that's odd. It is. It is. Because of that, I don't know that, um, you know, doesn't mean that it wasn't somebody that she knew, but did they stop by and say, um, whatever, I, I, you know, whatever. But she didn't take her purse. So there's something that she wasn't... She was still protecting her stuff. Right. Right. Which is which is interesting. And it was it was August. It was 10 30, 11 o'clock at night. It would have been cool. Um and probably not very dark. It, or it was just getting dark. Yeah. And and the but people would have been we stay up later in the summertime. Right. And um people are coming and going, but in this apartment complex, it was you know. It was a it was a, a larger parking lot, so you know, twenty twenty cars or something like that, in that area. There's people coming and going all the time, but nobody saw or heard anything, um, and they heard her muffler, in right. the in the apartment. Well, and that's what's interesting is that they heard the muffler. They saw her vehicle. They heard the door close. So. She had to have driven her vehicle there. You wouldn't think if somebody abducted her, they would have driven her car there. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And that doesn't even, it doesn't make sense. So she had to have. Well, and, and uh, Larry Hall said that he followed her home okay. from the mall and he kidnapped and abducted her then. And, you know, there's, there's probably, I suppose, I don't know, uh, bragging rights or something about why you might actually... Um, admit to a murder that you didn't commit. Right. But when they told him to, or he told the investigators to look in this certain area for her remains, and nothing was found. So while he had some information, um, he, it could have been a lucky guess, he could have been, he could have been watching her. Right. Um, but he didn't provide anything that was new to them. Sure. So, I mean, I think it would be, and, and he didn't confess until 2010, and this happened in 1992. Um, 
and there might have been reasons for that. I, I think that there, I remember reading that there was, there might have been some reasons for that, that he wanted something, that he wanted something and he was looking for um, some mental health treatment or some other things. And so maybe he was using that as a, as a carrot, if you will, sure. to, to get some additional stuff. But they, because they didn't find any, any evidence that what he was saying was true, um, they, nothing. So I'm not sure even if her family believes that that's exactly what happened. Sure. It'd be nice to, it'd be nice to be able to have some closure in it. Right. But investigators aren't, they're not, it's still an open case. So, and no charges were ever brought against him. And, um. Did he go to jail for the other kidnapping? Yes. Okay. Yes. I'm assuming he's probably out by now. Uh, let me see. I, I, you know what? I don't actually know that. Um, that he actually, there was, he was suspected in, in other murders. Okay. Like a large number of murders. Oh, okay. And I, you know, I, I was going to talk about that, but I, I hate talking about the bad guy. I know it. In a case like this where we don't know. Right. Or where we, but, but, um, he, he's, there's other things that he's done that sure. he's, I think he's probably still in 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 prison he is admitted to a um killing somebody and i'm sorry that i don't don't know that but so he's i believe he is in jail sure. and he is he has committed other crimes against women specifically and um so this is certainly possible sure he had her name her first name and the place that she worked at written down in a notebook Right, which doesn't necessarily mean that he he was the one who kidnapped her, or right. he, and the he name, could have just been watching her, and right. that's still super and, creepy. And it, but it's a mall, right? And her name was Lori. It's not an uncommon name. Sure. I mean, I don't know. I think I had four Lori's in my class, sure. and so it's not, um, it's not yeah. a telltale sign. And he did have, he did have some information that 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 law enforcement hadn't released. Sure. Um, but what was it? Was it significant? And apparently it wasn't, because... If it would have been, you'd think that he would have been at least arrested, or, you know, right. something least, more would have happened. Right. Yeah. They didn't have enough to bring charges. So, right. so, and I think that if they could have, they would have. Yeah. So, but there's a, you know, there were three people that heard her pull in. They heard the door shut. I can just see this 1984 Volkswagen Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, um, and they were just waiting. And she disappears in that time. It's just scary. Yep. Yep. And you know what they... There's a very good chance she did know her abductor, but she well, didn't trust him. Right, and it's odd that if, because she locked her stuff in her car, but if she was getting out to go into the boyfriend's apartment, she would have taken that stuff with her and then locked right. the car. So that's a weird, She was. it's a weird part. Absolutely interrupted. Yeah. When she got out of the car. But, but they, there was an interview with the Mark, the boyfriend, and you know, when she didn't come in and just within minutes, they checked. They went onto the deck 
and looked into the parking lot. Yeah. And there was nobody there, but her car was there, and they could see the white cup sitting on the white styrofoam cup sitting on the the back driver's side of of um, her vehicle. Yeah. And so, um, did somebody? It's ten o'clock at night. Did somebody ask her to help look for their dog? Did but. Did did um, because there wasn't a scuffle, there wasn't a sound. Part of that is why they think that she she knew her abductor. Sure. And it's possible, you know, they, they this has happened this has happened several times once they they found people where the um, the murderer takes part in the search, right, for the missing person, right. where the um, May have had an active role in that. Well, it's a good way to know what's going on. Right. Yeah. Right. To keep your thumb on the pulse. Yeah. And also to, to, if you don't do it, I think it can put some suspicion on you, especially if you have a, if you're connected in this. And they said that, you know, the search by family and friends was, was it, it was continuous for the first year. They just sure. didn't stop. But um, to no avail. I mean, there was nothing to be found. There I was am. nothing to be found. But it, I, I do think that it's significant that she had locked her her belongings in the car. Be back in a minute, uh, you know, or uh, I don't, I don't know. Right. I don't know. But it would cause you to question all of your relationships, though. Mm -hmm. For sure, for sure. And then the boyfriend, uh, his sister, his sister, uh, Lisa. And Mark were roommates, and uh, her friend Laura, uh, her friend Victoria were, you know, waiting, and she went missing, on your watch. It just, you're forever changed. Right. If they only, if if I only would have gotten up and looked out the window as soon as I heard her car. If I only would have, woulda, coulda, shoulda. Yeah. It right. Drive you crazy. The the friend, the coworker that walked her to her car, um, the you know you would. It could it. There's a lot of victims in her abduction, right? That were forever changed because of it. So, it. And while this was in 1992, which feels like a very long time ago. She is still missing. Her mom. Is still waiting. To put her to rest. There's, we don't live in a vacuum. We, this is a, this is a highly populated area. Right. And, um, for a hundred reasons, somebody might not have said something at the time. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, but. Well, and it may not have looked like anything. It may not have looked suspicious. Right. You know, it may I not think have... especially if you were a young person. Yeah. And not of a suspicious nature. However, right. once you get older. Yeah. And especially after you've had children, I would say, mm -hmm. oh, that you become much more suspicious, careful mm -hmm. um, in life, in life. Right. And what didn't seem to be a big deal at the time or none of my business right. um, can be, can actually have been something. But yeah, it just, there's, feels like somebody that you would have known. She was a happy, bubbly person, um, never grumpy she wasn't very big. 
Yeah, when she was tiny. She was tiny, and she and and we talk about that. That it's, it would have been easy to over physically overpower her, especially right. because the thumbprint, on the cup, which could have been from the person who poured the drink at the sure. at the mall. Sure. Um. It was. They it was they suspect it was a man's because it was so large. Sure. Um, and. It would have been easy. The Larry Hall, the uh, there are several photographs and, and interviews in which they showed him. He wasn't a very tall man, um, but he was wide and stocky. Sure. But evil intentions. Lisa Stebick lived in Plainfield, Illinois, with her husband Craig and two children, aged 10 and 12, in 2007. Plainfield is a village located in Will and Kendall counties and has a population of roughly 40,000. Lisa was employed as a food assistant at Lincoln Elementary School and Craig had recently been laid off from his job. Lisa was last seen on the evening of April 30th, 2007 at their home on Red Star Drive in Plainfield. Craig said he last saw her at 6 p.m. while he was working in the backyard and that she was going to work out at the track at Plainfield North High School. This was something Lisa did often. Lisa was reported missing the next day on May 1st by a neighbor. Lisa had apparently told the neighbor to contact the police if anything happened to her. The only things missing were Lisa's purse and cell phone. Craig said she must have gotten a ride to the track because her vehicle was still at the home. What? That That's not... There's something wrong right there because... Um, he last saw her at 6 p.m. You didn't notice that she didn't show up for bed. Right. And that he wasn't the per- person to report it. Right. Uh, there's red flags all over the place. Yeah. Okay. One article that I read stated that Craig sent their children to the store for candy and that when they returned, Lisa was not there. I couldn't find if this was actually accurate, but I thought it was worth mentioning. Lisa and Craig had been married for 14 years. There were issues in their marriage. Craig had filed for divorce several months before Lisa disappeared, but the couple continued to live together. Craig stated that although they lived in the same house, they lived separate lives and barely spoke to each other. Lisa's friends said that she was looking forward to starting her life without her husband. The police were called to their home in 2006 because of a verbal dispute, but apparently no violence occurred and no arrests were made. On the day of her disappearance, her attorney sent papers to Craig that ordered him out of the house. In the petition, Lisa called him, quote, unnecessarily relentless, cruel, inconsiderate, domineering, and verbally abusive, unquote. And she said that his behavior was detrimental to the children. Craig said he never received the papers. According to Lisa's friends, she was attending counseling sessions at a center for battered women. Well, there would be proof if he re- that if he received him, wouldn't there? You would think. That there's a signature or... You would think. I mean, I know that's how our officers serve. I know that's how our officers in court places serve those papers. I'm not sure if they were just sent in the mail. I'm not sure if it was, like, official. I'm not really sure. Okay. I couldn't find anything that actually talked about the specifics of that Mm -hmm. petition. Mm -hmm. Um, But he claimed to not know about them. Right. One way or the other. No one saw Lisa at the track the day that she went missing. Authorities were unable to track her phone because it was a prepaid phone with a limited number of minutes on it each month. That's also strange. Mm -hmm. Because it was 2007. Right. 
So was that a, 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 a I mean that that's a strange thing, especially in two thousand seven, as a as a fully functioning adult. Right. Unless it was a burner phone. I mean, where in in other words, a phone that maybe her husband didn't know that she had. Um, I think again, this you know the the reports about this case were kind of scattered. Some some articles had the same information. Other articles had completely different information. Mm-hmm. Um, one article that I read, her friends had mentioned, I think, that um, this phone that she had was what she was allowed to have. And the minutes that she had was what she was allowed to have. Okay. This, um, is, this is part of the domineering. Yes. Uh, um, the things that she had talked about being right. domineering. And, um, okay. Right. Okay. Well, I couldn't find anywhere that that was actually what what it was well, and then there's no i mean the only person that can tell us is him now right and right um but to be an adult person with a track phone an adult married 14 years with two children right a track phone is suffice isn't gonna suffice. right it's, it's yeah it's strange in the first place okay yeah the fbi and divers searched the water near their home but found no sign of lisa the Stebbick residence was searched multiple times, and the couple's vehicles, along with a tarp that was inside one of them, was com- were confiscated. News outlets reported that there was blood found on the tarp, but police never confirmed that. They did note that there were more than 15 guns in the home, some for hunting, others were not. Does that seem... I, I mean, I, we have... Um, we're not a hunting family, and we probably have... Maybe two guns in the house. Yeah, over 15 seems a bit excessive. Especially if there's not... The the children were ages 10 and 12. Mm -hmm. So they might be too young to have a gun of their own. Right. Um, But maybe not. Maybe not. But five each? That's excessive. It feels that way. Yeah. Authorities also searched a large estate near the Michigan-Wisconsin border that belonged to Craig's family. The area is dotted with abandoned mine shafts that could conceal a body. It's unclear if anything was found there. Two months after Lisa's disappearance, Craig was named a person of interest in the case. Authorities stated that he refused to cooperate with the investigation. He refused to take a polygraph and would not allow the children to be questioned. Can I just say as a parent? Um... It would be concerning, yeah, to have your children questioned by law enforcement. It would be, and and you know what does that? What do those questions look like for a child? Are they very basic? Are they you know grueling hours and hours? I can't imagine. I'm not really sure. But but just a matter of hey, where were you? Were you home? Did you see your mom leave? Right. You know I don't know what those. I mean I would I would for sure have concerns also, but. Concerned. It's one thing to have concerns, it's another to not allow Right, to. right. The day after he was named a person of interest, he asked the court to dismiss the divorce petition that he had filed against Lisa. Craig also filed for sole custody of the children after Lisa's disappearance, but the court denied it. That's interesting. Yeah, and I couldn't find when he did that. I mean, I know obviously it was after she disappeared, but I couldn't find an actual date. Was it a month after? Was it a week after? I don't, I'm not really sure when he filed for sole custody. Um, but, but also just, just, it's interesting that he dropped the divorce petition. Mm-hmm. 
as if it wasn't needed anymore. Sure. And because that's what it would make me think. Yep. If she ran off with the with if she ran off with some man, you'd think you'd keep the you would think. If if you knew that she had or if you thought she might have, you would have kept the petition. Yeah. The, the, the divorce and you would have let it go through. Right. Um but pulling it, sorry, pulling it means that he wasn't worried about her fighting it. Fighting it getting custody of their children, um, anything. Right. It's, yeah. All roads lead to him. Well, a grand jury was convened to investigate her disappearance in November 2007. Their two children were called to testify. I couldn't find anything um, about the result of that, but I can only assume, since her case is still unsolved, that nothing came from it. There was a big media push about her case initially, but several other stories overshadowed Lisa's disappearance in 2007. Six weeks after Lisa went missing, Christopher Vaughn killed his wife and three children. There was also a shooting in a Lane Bryant store that killed five women. And Stacy Peterson, who was married to former, a former police sergeant, Drew Peterson, also disappeared that October. Police stated that they do not believe Lisa left on her own accord, had an accident, or was forcibly abducted, but they do believe she was met with harm. There has been no activity on her cell phone or credit card since she went missing. No charges have ever been filed against Craig Stebbick in relation to Lisa's disappearance. Lisa's family describes her as full of life, vibrant, and a devoted mother. It is uncharacteristic for her to leave her children without warning. And she didn't have any um, any health or mental health issues at the time she went missing. Foul play is suspected in her case, which remains unsolved. Lisa Stebick was last seen in Plainfield, Illinois, in 2007. She was 37 years old at the time of her disappearance. She would be 51 now. She is described as Caucasian, 5'2", and 125 pounds. She has brown hair and brown eyes. She has a rose tattoo on her ankle, a pink heart on her abdomen, and a butterfly with the names Zach and Lexi on the middle of her back. Her maiden name is Ruttenberg. If you have any information about the disappearance and or whereabouts of Lisa Stebick, please call the Plainfield Police Department at 815-267-7217. Those kids would be young adults now. Yeah. Graduating, graduated from college probably and making a life of their own. Right. Right, and I couldn't find anywhere that the kids, you know, now adults ever commented on anything, or I couldn't find anything. I'm sure they have something to say about it, because I, I think at 10 and 12, you're aware of a lot of things. Well, and certainly if there was, if there was um, a, a significant incident like this, right. you would have, you would have memories that you could recall yeah. about that time. Um the divorce papers had been filed, and he, on that day, he on that day he was asked to leave the house. So the divorce papers had been filed a few months before, okay. yeah. But on the day that she disappeared, that's when the that's just the papers came for him to leave. Yeah, that's just too coincidental well, for it, it not to be true. Yep, it and is. So can you? Um, it makes me think about. His children, who, who, even if they have never stated it out loud, they have their own opinions about what happened. 
and who right. is responsible. Right. What they say in public is one thing, but they have their own feelings and thoughts about that. And then so to have a, a mother, a loving, devoted mother, disappear and be forced to or be raised by the uh, a father who s certainly his behavior is questionable. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he was, as she claimed in court documents, that, um, that he was demanding, mm -hmm. that he was verbally abusive. Uh, um, but to have that be the remaining parent that can raise you. You would, it would be a terrible place to be. Yeah, it would. And we know, I mean, her friends were the ones that said that she was attending counseling at a battered women's organization, mm -hmm. um, which that's very different than going to a, a counselor. You know, it's very that, specific. Yeah, it's very different. I mean, it's it, it's one thing to say, well, she was going to counseling. It's a different thing to say she was going to counseling at a battered women's shelter or organization right. or something. Right. Right. Um, and so there must have been something going on. Well, you know? and, and her friends, her friends aren't going to make that up. Right. That's, you're not, that's not just something, that's not just something you say. Yeah. Like, uh, it's not like it, you, it's not like a term that you would use all the time, like therapy. It's right. not that. It's very specifically. Yep. And while the shelter or the, the organization itself could not reveal that she was right. or was not receiving treatment there yep. in any capacity. It's, mm -hmm. they, they, they can't say anything yeah. about that to anyone. And uh, so it's only her friends that could have. And that's just not an off-the-cuff statement. Right. Just the term battered women is just yeah. not something that's... You don't use that yeah. in an everyday term. Yeah. No. no. But it, it makes me uh, angry that from, I think you were one paragraph <laughs> in, and I was yeah. like, wait, that's not right. Something's wrong. Like he, that it was his neighbor that called. Mm -hmm. The neighbor called. Well, and, and and that the neighbor was aware that things weren't right because Lisa had mentioned to the neighbor, if something happens, call, call the, police. the police. So you know, even though there weren't a lot of police reports or a lot of police involvement at the house, that does not mean that the neighbors didn't hear things or right. see things right. or right. You know, maybe you no. wouldn't have that conversation. No, with just anybody, you would not. You just that wouldn't. is, that is that you just don't have that kind of conversation it is with just personal. It's personal, yeah. and it's trusted. Yeah. Um, but the fact that it was the neighbor that called, not the father of the children. Yeah. Um, there's so many things that lead to him, and even if. Yes, they were still living in the same house. You know, they were obviously planning on, on separating, so they may, maybe didn't get along very well or whatever. Didn't talk. On they daily they, basis. they were sleeping in different parts of the house. They weren't right. having they weren't having regular conversations. You they would had, know. You would know still if she came home or not. Well, I mean, I don't I don't know what their house looked like, but I mean, you, you would know. You would know, and the okay. children would ask. You right. think that she didn't put the children to bed? Right. Right. She didn't put the children to bed. That would have been unusual. Mm -hmm. She went for a run at six. I don't. She would have been back by eight. You'd think, yeah. And 
at a, an, at a track, too. It wasn't like she was running down some trails. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was at a track. Preparing there was only marathon. so far you can go. Right. Preparing for a marathon, there was this, yep. was, this was ordinary. Yep. Yeah. There's a lot of weird things, a lot of suspicious things that I couldn't really find a clear cut, this is what happened, or this is what didn't happen, or this is what the outcome was, or not. Mm-hmm. Um, Just a lot of unsettling mm-hmm. yeah. things. Right. And there's about four of them. Yeah. The fact that he didn't call. I mean, I don't... I don't... You... You could be getting divorced. Um, and... But if somebody doesn't show up Especially a devoted mother. Right. And you don't call. Yeah. It, 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 you know, maybe if she had a behavior that, that, you know, if she was an unstable person who had, who consistently, or was inconsistent and would sometimes stay out late, that doesn't sound like who she was. No. Not, not from what I read. There was no mention that. You know, every now and then she went for a drink afterwards or went out to see her friends mm-hmm. afterwards or I couldn't She had find kids anything. that were 10 and 12 and they needed her to be home. Yeah. They would have been expecting her to put them to bed. Um, and that would have been the normal routine. And they would have expected her to be there when they woke up. Mm-hmm. And when she wasn't there, they would have told their dad. Right. Right. No question. Mm-hmm. I just... The justice system is designed to be uh, careful and thoughtful before taking someone's civil liberties away from mm-hmm. them, their freedom. Um, and that's a good thing. Right. Except that's, that it also allows for... I don't have a good term. Good term. Well... It gives the it gives the perpetrator way more rights than it gives the victim. Absolutely. And that's that's the problem. It's not that it's not that offenders or perpetrators shouldn't have any rights. It's that they have so many rights that they're so protected and then the victim really has nothing other than their word, other than what And not they, all, I mean I mean that's that's it. And so it's the the system is designed to protect perpetrators from wrongdoing in the system. It's not designed to from protect... From wrongful conviction. Right. It's not designed to protect victims of crime. It just isn't. And I would say that of any crime. Of any crime. It's, de- it's designed to protect the rights of the perpetrator. Yep. From wrongful conviction. Mm-hmm. Which it should. I mean, that's what, that's what it's there for. However, but when there's a victim uh, that's disappeared, that's, right. that's been forever quieted, right? Then it's where's the victim's voice? Where the perpetrator has that voice because they usually have an attorney to well, voice it. Well, and also there's you know there's again it's the worst thing to say, and it, it's just consistent. Without a body, there is no crime, right? And that's why this is important. Mm-hmm. That's why it would it will take, you know, armchair sleuths to dig things up, to ask the questions, to push 
to push for for results. Right. To not give up. Yeah. And at this time, I mean, she she disappeared um, early in the year in May, but then you know, the attention kind of waned because there were these big, high-profile cases that came to the attention, and so her case kind of got pushed pushed back a little bit. Well, and I I think that... I think that will happen because I think that the public can only tolerate Mm -hmm. so much of a sad story. Yeah. We ask that you do not reach out to the families or post names of possible suspects on social media. Missing person photos, along with the information and articles used for these cases, can be found at our website at gone-podcast.com. Okay, this is this. You're getting a twofer. Oh, okay, good. Well, cause I mean, kind of, because I, I used the same idea last week, and I'm using it again. So this week I'm gonna talk. I mean, my weekly distraction is, do-it-yourself Halloween costumes. <laughs> okay, good. Which because Halloween is coming up, and I don't know. I don't. I don't know if there will be a Halloween. I don't know, but, I mean, it's not gonna be the same. Well, and, and where do adults wear their Halloween costumes to? Uh, yeah. I, I don't even just know. Just walk down the sidewalk? I don't sidewalk even know. Or... I don't at work. Yeah, I mean, I feel like you'd be looked at weird. Well, some of these costumes you might, you might okay. not. Oh, Depends okay. on where you work, sure. I would say. Okay. So the first costume is to dress as the Tiger King. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I think this could work some places. It could. So you would wear a blonde mullet. Sure. You'd probably have dark roots. That would yep. be the best. Uh, tuck in a button-down T-shirt <laughs> uh, into your blue jeans uh, with a belt and boots. I mean, and, but you have to have a long blonde mullet because yeah. it wouldn't work otherwise. Right. That's a good one, though. Yeah. I mean, it, I mean, not, not a good one, but a good one. But a good one. Yeah. You could, it, it's, it's timely. Yes. It's well, it's timely. doable. It's not, right. it's not terribly extravagant. Right. You're right. going to have a, you're going to have most of those things. Most of them. If you could wear extremely tight blue jeans, that would be beneficial <laughs> too because, ew. <laughs> uh, you could dress as a mine. Oh, uh, black easy. pants, uh, white gloves, red and white striped shirt, um, and uh, a black hat and white paint, white face paint. And you don't have to say a word. See, and that's the kind of thing that I need. I can't keep I my mouth shut. I can't talk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I would really have a hard time because then all you would do is drink. Mm. I mean, if that's what you do at Halloween parties, I wouldn't know. Oh, right, right. I've You've never, heard. I've never, I don't know. <laughs> You could dress. This is this was my go-to costume from I swear, third grade to sixth grade. <laughs> okay. A black cat. Oh, sure. So it was leotards and a and a bodysuit. Mm-hmm. Um, but you could wear yoga pants and a long sleeve black shirt uh, with tails in the ears. Sure. And I would wear. I would make and wear a black tutu because. I think that black tutus make everything fun. They do. I mean, a tutu of any kind. Yes. You could be a white cat, though. You could be. You could. However, on Halloween, you should be a black cat. Right. Um, you could be a little black rain cloud. Oh. 
hovering over the hybies. <laughs> so, uh, well, it would be appropriate for this year, really. The whole dang year. Yeah, it would be. So, I would take uh, uh, filling for pillows or um, uh, stuffies or mm-hmm. things like that and spray paint it black. Yes. And then just cover your outfit in it. That's perfect. It would be a lot easier to be a white, to be a white cloud. It would be. I'm just saying. Doesn't it, have the same effect though. Doesn't have the same effect. Right. And but you'd have to sing that song. Oh, okay. All the time. Sure. From Winnie the Pooh. Sure. <laughs> you could be a, a stick man or woman or child or dog. Sure. Uh, black, be, wear black top and bottom. And, oh, I've seen those. And uh, a hoodie, I would say. Uh-huh. A hoodie. And then glow sticks. Yes. Made, like, so that you were a stick man. I think that that's genius. It's I perfect. I think it's genius. And you got to do the stick man in front and back. Right. Right. So that straight down the front, straight down the legs, yes. straight down the arms, and round in the face. Yeah, I think that that's perfect. Perfect. And it's cheap it's and cheap easy. And easy. And you, <laughs> and you can do it on the outside of your... Uh, Snow, snow pants suit. and your snowsuit because that's what how we do right. Halloween around here. <laughs> right. Um, you could be a bunch of grapes. Oh. With purple balloons and a green hat with a leaf. Oh, that's a good idea. Or a brown hat. I think brown would work. Sure, any, yeah. And um, you could be Mary Poppins. A white oh. shirt, black skirt, uh, umbrella, black umbrella, black hat, black purse. Sure. That'd be easy. Be easy. Yeah. Um, you could do any character from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> yeah, you could. Pedro. They're all good. They're all good. Yeah. And they're all distinct. And, <laughs> yeah. And, and all doable. Yeah. Um, you need a caboodle. A caboodle, yeah. And a side ponytail. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, then you could do... And if you don't know who Black, who, who, who Napoleon Dynamite is, well... What are you doing here? What are you... Listening not even, to this podcast. Exactly. <laughs> <In> this game. <laughs> Napoleon Dynamite is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs> you could be you could dress as one of the men in black. Easy peasy. Black suit, white shirt, black tie, right, and black sunglasses. Yes. Done. Mhm. You could dress as as Waldo from Where's Waldo? Oh, that'd be good too. Red and white striped shirt, red and white hat. I don't know what the bottoms are. They're blue, blue, blue pants, blue pants. Mhm. And uh black round glasses. Done. Perfect. Or you could dress as a superhero. Uh a doctor or a nurse. Put a mask on and a pair of scrubs, and that's it. Perfect. That would be perfect. Those are good. Those are good. Mine this week are um, funny names that kids give things. Okay. We've done these before, like everyday items that kids sure. make up new names for. Adjust the name, maybe. Yeah. Yep. My son calls grated Parmesan cheese spaghetti sprinkles. And now our whole family calls it that. It makes spaghetti sound so much more fun and festive. It really does. Spaghetti sprinkles. Well, I, and spaghetti sprinkles could go on a lot of things, not just spaghetti. It could. It could. My five-year-old calls aprons baking capes. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> they just flip those suckers around. Yeah. Which is exactly right. what a superhero would do. <laughs> It's just flipping around. It could be a bib, an apron. Yeah. And then a cape. cape. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My six-year-old claims her eight-year-old brother gives her migrating headaches. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> That's true. <laughs> Whenever he's around, then they show up. <laughs> Migrating. When my son was maybe seven or eight, he asked me, why do I always see signs that say penny saliva everywhere? I had no idea what he was talking about until he pointed one out to me. We live in Pennsylvania. <laughs> penny saliva? Why would you need... Why would... Pennies don't have saliva. I don't. Oh, my gosh. Detergent is laundry sauce. <laughs> Which is really gross. Which is really gross. It's like... Like, uh, what do they... What do they call uh, water in a hot tub? Like... Like man gravy oh, or something like soup that. Soup or something. Yeah. Oh. It's so gross. And it's, oh. Yeah. The more you think about it, the worse uh, it gets. Yeah. <laughs> My three and a half year old started calling watches time bracelets. <laughs> it's just and so it's much true. My time bracelet My says time it's. bracelet. <laughs> it sounds more delicate. It does. Yeah. It does. My kids called the washing machine the wetter, as in the opposite of the dryer. dryer. Right. Makes true. sense. Yeah. My daughter loved salad when she was little. Every time we went to a restaurant, she'd order leaves and dip. <laughs> Perfect. Well, really, I just want to say that's really what a salad is. It really is. It really uh, is. If you do it right. If yeah. If you do it right. Yeah. It's, it's, it's... If you have the dressing on the side, that's what you do. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I still call Chick-fil-A chick fil because a grandson used to call it that. Chick-fil-A. My daughter, <laughs> my daughter called the Statue of Liberty the Queen of Starbucks. We're Canadian. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. That makes more sense. Yeah. We are a hockey family. My son and daughter used to call the national anthem the hockey song. <laughs> What before every single game? If you game. only go to hockey games, you have that's no what idea. it is. Right, right. <laughs> My daughter said arts and craps instead of, <laughs> instead of arts and craps. That's what that's what David calls my craft room. <laughs> crap room. My daughter he has no idea how much that crap costs. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> my daughter used to call school buses bumblebee trucks. Oh my god, I love that. It's true. Bumblebee trucks. Oh, they are, usually they're black, yellow, and black. Mm -hmm. They're not just usually the yellow. No, they're yellow and black. <laughs> Underground town is what my daughter called cemeteries, and fooders were waitresses. <laughs> fooders. Which? They bring food. I'm sorry, but a waitress doesn't. Doesn't it doesn't make sense when you're a little kid? <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. She's waiting tables. I doesn't wait. Wait what? Right. Right. Fooders <laughs> makes a lot more sense. My son called the Statue of Liberty the Statue Delivery. <laughs> I I asked why. He, I asked why. He said she delivers things. Right. I don't know. She's hailing a cab. <laughs> right. My daughter calls jeeps. Oh, my daughter calls Jeep Wranglers beach trucks. Oh sure. They yeah. I was raised Irish Catholic, and sometimes in place of a swear word, I yelled, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Our then three-year-old used to mimic used to mimic me. One time at the grocery store, a woman bumped our cart, and he yells, Cheez-Its, Mary, and Joseph. Cheez-Its. <laughs> Cheez-Its. <laughs> Mary and Joseph. It's more appropriate. Well, especially in the grocery store. <laughs> right. And just because you name your Cheez-Its, I mean, who's going to judge? Right. Who's going to judge? 
One of my boys called the cup holder on the car door a door bowl. <laughs> a small bowl, but it's and a door small, bowl. Yeah. And both of them have one on each <laughs> side. My almost eight-year-old called his suitcase that we haven't used in forever a soup case. <laughs> I had to convince him it was a suitcase. Well, really, how many suits <laughs> is he putting in it? Not many. Not many. This is the last one. When learning about the U.S. government in elementary school, my two oldest boys instead I- insisted that the people who worked it with the president were referred <laughs> were referred to as his drawers instead of his cabinet. <laughs> uh, well, I wonder where they got that from. I two don't know. Them two of them, yeah. Well, you know, you get. We don't use the word cabinet very often. We don't. We do use, use the word drawers. drawers. Yeah. Yeah. 